Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now, good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you until 8pm this evening, bringing you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me this evening. And from the outset, I will mention that the Offaly versus Dublin minor Leinster football final is taking place this evening here in Tullamore. Throwing is right now at 7pm, unless it's been delayed a few minutes. I'll be going across for updates throughout the next hour. Hopefully I have two updates for you here over the course of the programme. Fingers crossed for a result this evening after our heroic performance this night last week in the under-20 hurling. All eyes on Semple Stadium now in a little over a fortnight, so fingers crossed for that. Uh, On to this evening's programme and the Irish Shorthorn Society have launched a really novel marketing campaign whereby they are giving away five free AI straws to farmers across the country who wish to breed a shorthorn into their herd. Westmead woman Joanne Bowers is going to join me to speak about their Breed a Rowan campaign in a little bit. I'll also speak to Westmead breather uh, Imelda Leonard on the benefits of shorthorn breeding. Now, are you somebody who is interested in setting up a rural business or do you have a business that you wish to scale up? The IFA are running a really interesting course next week. It's a day-long workshop for entrepreneurs and the keynote speaker at the event is a lady called Lorraine Allen. Lorraine's own business is called Brand Innovation Ireland and she will join me later to give an account of what's on offer on the day and how a brand is so much more than a name. So choosing wisely from the start is so important. It's important to note as well that that event is aimed at everybody, even if you only have a concept, an idea in your head, or if you actually have a business up and running that you wish to increase or increase turnover or scale, that event is aimed at everybody. And uh, we'll hear all about it in a little bit. Showing of cattle is an area that young people have great interest in and you will see it shows up and down the country from the summer months. Teenagers decked out in their white coats proudly marching up and down with their pedigree animal. The Irish Angus Cattle Society have a day aimed at young people to train them in on handling techniques and much, much more. It's organised for this Sunday here in Tullamore in GVM Marts. And Colin Duffy from County Westmead, who is an Angus breeder himself, will join me to give more information on that in a little bit. Now, as always, text the show with comments, thoughts or questions to 083 30 10 103. Starting this week with Pat O'Toole from the Irish Farmers Journal. Pat, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Hi, MJ. Uh, Pat, we're going to speak about the genotyping scheme in a, in a moment or two. But first, re-wetting. It's the big topic on people's lips around the country, but n- no more uh, a, than uh, County Offaly, where it's really uh, to the fore. It was a big IFA meeting uh, last week in relation to it. You wrote a very interesting piece, uh, Pat, last week on the whole area of re-wetting. And essentially, I suppose, how we're just really playing in the dark with it and nobody really knows where it's going to go or what connotations it's going to have. I thought it was just very on point and very straightforward. I think, yeah, for farmers, um, if you look at, you know, dairy expansion and the, uh, uh, you know, the way Park led the way in turning grass into milk, into cash and to profit, um, the developments in Oak Park, in, in Grange, in Johnstown. Um, we have seen, um, uh, you know, the development of the Belclare Rams. We have seen uh, on farms, on development farms, uh, um, intensive research, um, really deep dives into progression 
and uh, farmers can go and get information and see um, and experience what you know the newest developments look like and, and get the data. We don't have any of that for rewetting, even though it's going to be the most profound change uh, any farmer could be asked to make. Uh, we don't know if uh, you know the water tables were being told. You know, there's reinsurances that the water table will be rose uh, from its current level. Uh, but not up to uh, surface level, and that the uh, for significant periods of the year at least, land will be trafficable, grass will be grazable. But what does that mean in practice? Like, let's put some figures around that. Let's have a a, a farm where uh, we examine the various heights that you can bring the water table up to in the various climates, because, I mean, you know, the climate in Leitrim is going to be very different to the climate in, in, in Offaly. Um, there's going to be a lot more rain uh, in Leitrim than Offaly. So uh, saturation is going to be more significant uh, in Leitrim. But, but let's put some, day, day, you know, some data on it. How many days of the year can you uh, walk that land with, with stock? Um, what kind of uh, grazing regime do you run? Uh, do uh, you know? Do, do you take silage early? Do you take hay late? Do you have multi-species swards? We don't know any of this. We, uh, we're talking about rewetting in the abstract rather than having any real understanding of how it will play out on an individual farm and the options the farm, the management, day-to-day options farmers will have. It's not going to be Armageddon for every farmer, but the absence of information has led farmers to be suspicious and defensive, and that's absolutely understandable. And I think um, it's way past time that 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 nettle was grasped. Yeah, the scary thing, Pat, for farmers, farmers especially in the Midlands, is that these uh, restoration laws are forthcoming, and we're hearing these huge, huge figures of land that needs to be rewetted by 2030, 2040, 2050. Uh, And it's almost like this giant snowball that's just going to start gathering pace and gathering pace. And regardless of what farmers want on the ground, it's going to stay coming at them. Yeah, there's there's no turning on this, I think. Um, Although, you know, the... We had this week. We had the um, uh, the ag committee, uh, the agriculture committee in the European Parliament voted down the current proposals. I mean, now those are the proposals the Commission have put, and that they're going through Parliament. The Council of Ministers have their own set of proposals, and Charlie McConlogue said at the weekend that he uh, the deal that he has brokered for Ireland within the Council of Ministers proposal. Uh, which will, you know, have a significant role in the outcome, uh, the final outcome, uh, would see Ireland able to fulfil all its rewetting requirements for 2030, 2040 and 2050 within state lands, Bordnamona and Quilcha lands. And if that was the case, that would be hugely reassuring to most farmers, although at the same time, farmers who are bordering Mm. um, Quilcha lands or Bordnamona lands will have reservations because obviously if... If the farm beside you is rewet, it will have implications. We don't know. Again, there's a lack of information on uh, what's the what's the uh, you know the the the, the range uh, of influence that a rewet farm has, uh, and it would be good to have more information around that for farmers. But there's an awful lot going on. We've got the Commission's proposal. We've got the Environment Committee within Europe, which is quite pro. And the rewetting proposals and would, would push them further. And it's area of uh, natural areas of restoration. Um, and 
within very large areas of natural restoration, there's a significant commitment for rewetting. So uh, the areas of natural restoration, about 70% of peatlands to be restored to nature, whatever that means. Again, it's it's a woolly term by 2050, and half of that, so 35%, uh, to be rewet. Um, so a huge amount of land uh, encompassed. Uh, the minister is hopeful that it'll be all state lands. If his set of proposals, the council minister proposals, go through, but but there are an awful lot of other players on the pitch, and it's a very cloudy picture. Uh, just a word, Pat, before I let you go on the genotyping scheme covered here in the programme a couple of weeks back when it was announced. Look, it's a positive thing. It'd be great to get all the animals in the country genotyped. However, suckler farmers are feeling that uh, they're getting the raw end of the deal a little on this. Yeah, there's been a lot of kickback. Um, and we reported last week where Sean Coughlin from ICDF attended the IFA's um, National Council meeting and, and there was some pushback in, in relation to the fact that suckler farmers who are in the SKEP scheme, and we've seen significant uptake of the SKEP scheme, um, because they're uh, one of the criteria involved in the SKEP scheme is uh, the genotyping of cows. Um, you can't get uh, aid twice for the same measure. So if you're getting uh, if you're getting paid to genotype the cows, you can't get paid to genotype the calves uh, as well. So the ICBF scheme will not be eligible for those cows that are in SKEP. Not farmers who are in SKEP, but the cows of those farmers who are in SKEP. And farmers who are in SKEP can only put a proportion of their cows in. in. So what I've been told by ICBF is this is out of their hands. It's a scheme that they believe in. They believe that genotyping the national herd will be a significant boost to our beef industry. Um, And... Uh, you know, in conjunction with the likes of sex semen, that we can make significant advancements in the quality of beef progeny from the dairy herd and within beef breeds as well. But um, they, it's out of their hands. They can't extend this scheme to the calves of cows that are in skep, but they can extend the scheme to the farmers who are in skep for those uh, calves of cows that are not included in the scheme. Um, so that's where that sits. I think it does show a wider frustration among farmers because the funding for that uh, genotyping scheme that ICBF are launching has come from the Brexit Adjustment Fund. And the bar, really when it was launched, and there's a huge amount of money there, it was supposed to prop up the most affected sectors by Brexit. And the most affected sector by Brexit outside of mushrooms uh, in Irish farming was undoubtedly uh, the beef sector. Uh, because of the significant dependence of our beef sector on the UK market. And we've got, we've seen very little um, by way of uh, harnessing of that Brexit Adjustment Fund for the beef sector. Uh, We heard an announcement earlier this week from Minister Pippa Hackett that uh, there's going to be a million from the Brexit Adjustment Fund reserve going to organics. And I think that the frustration farmers and the anger sucker farmers are feeling around the ICBF measure and their exclusion from it is linked to their sense that the the Brexit adjustment reserve, it's a completely missed opportunity for them. And uh, any idea, Pat, just on costings for the genotype scheme, for costings of uh, uh, of what it would for a cow-calf? Yeah, so it'll be... Four euros uh, under the scheme and 20 euros without. 
So if you're a, a sucker farmer with 50 cows, he's looking at paying uh, an extra 800 euros over wow. the farmer who uh, is whose calves are all in the scheme. So, you know, that is a significant difference. But what ICBF would say is, while it's unfortunate that that farmer is getting about 35 euros, I think is the payment that they're getting for genotyping the cow in skep. So they, they're getting income from another source and these schemes, unfortunately, are overlapping and you can't put the same cow and calf into both schemes. And that's just the way, unfortunately, it is because of the nature of EU rules. Yeah, very good. OK, Pat, look, we'll say many thanks for joining me this evening and giving us a rundown on that. We'll speak to you again on the programme. You're very welcome. And Pat O'Toole there from the Irish Farmers Journal. And that's the update on the bog wetting there at the moment. We are looking at, uh, well, a, a huge tract of land by 2050, but somewhat positive that Minister McConlogue said uh, state lands could fulfil rewetting requirements up to 2050 between Bordemona and Quilta. Obviously, as Pat said, very good point there. If you're neighbouring those lands, it's not as good a news. And that's where we need to really do some uh, proper investigation in relation to what could occur there. The genotyping scheme, if you're in SCEP, which pretty much every suckler farmer is going to be, closing out was last night, you're not going to get the payment under the scheme for testing your calf. So you're going to talk a shortfall of about €16 there, which, as Pat said, over the course of 30, 40, 50 cows, it does add up. And that is unfortunate. That's something now that's going to come under fire a little uh, over the coming weeks and months. And uh, we will follow its progress here on the programme. Now, coming up after the break, I'm going to have a quick update from Offaly and Dublin in that minor game of football that's taking place in Tullamore, uh, Leinster semi-final. And also, I'm going to be speaking to Lorraine Allen from Brand Innovation Ireland about an IFA event which is taking place next week for farm businesses, rural businesses who want to either start something from new or scale up what you already have. So stay tuned for that. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, I am going to shoot across to an update from the Dublin Offaly match and I have Liam White. Uh, Liam, we'll leave it with you there for the next 30 or 40 seconds. Off you go. Uh, thanks very much, uh, MJS. Uh, here in Glenys O'Connor Park, Tullamore, it is after 21 uh, and a half minutes gone here, it is Dublin leading Offaly by two goals and three points to Offaly's one goal. The two goals so far coming uh, from Dublin, both coming within the opening two minutes of the match by Paddy Curry and Harry Curry, both in the full forward line. Curry won the ball and skipped past as Martin Farnish and shot off the ground powering pass. Offaly goalkeeper Don Christian, uh, before some good build up play allowed St. Vincent's man, um, Harry Curley, to uh, also uh, very into the back of the net. The start seemed to start off, they began trying to build momentum, but their shooting wasn't on point early on. But that all changed after 10 minutes as wing back Rory Grehan found his way dribbling past three to Dublin defenders before feeding the ball to Key and Bracken, who has just got a score. So it is now 2 3 to 1 1. Key and Bracken has just got a score from the 45 yard line, but he's got 1 1 so far. Uh, moments later, though, Dublin were all looking for another goal when Lenny Cahill's high ball in uh, found the hands of Jack O'Sullivan, but his effort was saved well by keeper Keown uh, before Josh Young tapped it over. And then one of Dublin's main stars on this team, Lenny Cahill, sent over two massive points to further Dublin's advantage. Uh, awfully, just not at the race so far, but there is still a long way to go, and knowing this team, they certainly uh, will fight uh, till the very uh, bitter end. So that means that after 
22 and a half minutes gone here in Venice for Conor Frank Tillamore. Also, the uh, trail doubles by two goals and three points to one goal and one point. Uh, very good. Many thanks, uh, Liam. And we'll be back to you there in about 20 minutes for another update. Now, I am moving on and we are talking to Lorraine Allen about an event that is taking place with the IFA next week. And it is all about brand awareness and brand building. And I'm going to say many thanks for taking my call this evening, Lorraine. No problem. Thanks, MJ, for having me. Uh, you're more than welcome, Lorraine. So it's a one-day event. It's called Kickstart. And I suppose from the outset, just to explain it to people, it's not aimed at people who uh, essentially have a business and are looking to scale it as much as it's available for someone who's just looking at getting going, who might have a concept, an idea. It's kind of across the board. Oh, absolutely. It's 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 classed as basically a kickstart program for anybody who um, is interested in innovating uh, if, if they have an existing business, uh, a farm business that they're looking to start out from scratch. So it's mainly if you're looking to do something new or that will sustain or grow your farm business that's existing or do something that's completely different and creating some new revenue streams. Or maybe you've got some produce that you want to kind of add value to, that you want to kind of maybe brand and go direct to retail or to customers. Um, or even internally within the business, if you have ideas for sustainability or you know, any kind of process improvements that you want to make, um, absolutely, it's looking at all types of innovation and we'll work on the day to, you know, we we'll go through kind of, I suppose, you know, what, what types of innovation are there, looking for ideas within your business. So it's very much a workshop. Uh, anybody taking part will be, will be working through their ideas Um so we'll, we'll ideate, we'll look for ideas within your business or indeed if you have an idea that you don't have an existing business, you can bring it to the workshop. Um, we'll develop that idea into a pitch. We'll look at tools and how you can define your market, your target users, how you can validate the idea. Um, I'll also be kind of covering things like funding options that are available within Ireland and within the EU so that you can get your idea supported financially through to launch. And yeah, I suppose it's really just getting your any idea that you have either you don't even have to come to the workshop with an idea. We can we can do that in the in the in the workshop. Uh, it's about getting it on the path to making the idea a reality. And your background, uh, Lorraine, this is this is what you do. Your company is called Brand Innovation Ireland, and this is your your day job. It's helping small businesses, big businesses, to to scale and to brand themselves and to move into new territories and new areas. Uh, just that whole area of branding, uh, Lorraine. We're speaking about it a little bit earlier. Uh, speaking about it a little bit earlier on, and it is yeah. something that's hugely interesting. I was saying to you when I was speaking to you earlier, that I read a piece from Darren McCullough who writes on the, the Farming Independent. People know him well from ear to the ground and how he has a farm business. He was calling it Elm Grove Farm and then he was looking at different thought processes on calling it a completely different name as opposed to relating it to your farm. And um, Glen Isk came to my mind and I always said to myself, I suppose mm-hmm. when, when they started off, it would have been straightforward to call it Cleary's Farm or Cleary's Dairy or whatever the case may be. But they went with this... Yeah different name this name Glen East, that now has massive power in itself like how big a call is that that whole developing your brand and setting it up and deciding where to go is it I think it very much depends on the marketplace you're entering and the consumer you're looking to go after or the customer you're looking to go after um, you know there's there's this kind of two schools of thought you can kind of go with the does it does what it says in the tin and that really helps I suppose, get the idea across if you can do it in a clever way because it will communicate the benefits of the product or the service and maybe what's your brand about. However, you know, some of those descriptive everyday words 
are not as protectable if that's a concern to the business. Um, I suppose the more abstract you can go, um, the more it can be protected. But then again, um, you know, a brand name is there to convey a brand personality and a brand message. Um, and you can shape that. I mean, Glenisk means nothing to nobody if, if, if you haven't invested in what that brand is about. So building what I call the brand story around the brand is really important because that puts the personality, it puts the identity on what the brand stands for. Um, so I suppose that's the beauty of having something that is that is unique. Um, it does have stand out. It can it can it can be clever in ways too to kind of convey, um, you know, certain messages. I mean, I, I was thinking of Graw Chocolates, for instance, which is a recent board be a foodworks um, project that came out of, of their program. You know, raw chocolate is all about made with love and who doesn't love chocolate? But, mm. you know, it just creates standout and interest. Um, and it's down really to the market, the user, the product offering and the benefits. But it's uh, there's, there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it. But it's about what you put around it. That, that's meaningful to the consumer and the customer. What are you seeing, Lorraine, coming from the agri-rural area at the moment? Are you seeing lots of the same kind of businesses? Is it, um, say, for example, farmers wishing to sell milk direct and the milk machines? We're seeing them popping up up and down the country. Yeah. Is it um, cheese on dairy farms? Is it maybe uh, direct sales of meat from beef farms? Is there something that you're seeing regularly and regularly now that you're kind of saying, oh, this is actually taking on now. People are making a few quid from this. I think the biggest thing, I mean, it's very diverse, to be honest, and there's fantastic food businesses coming out of, 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 of agri uh, and farm businesses across Ireland. Um, you know, I think we're becoming a very discerning consumer within Ireland and we do love food and we love, you know, good quality food. And our food has always been tremendous quality. So I think, you know, you're seeing kind of, you know, different herds like you know, Jersey cows producing milk that are then sold direct to users because of its premium quality and its different, you know, different taste and and, and um, however they want to position that as a brand. You're also seeing, you know, different types of um, different types of meats coming through. Um, you know, you're seeing charcuterie kind of starting to come from 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 animals as well. So we're getting very diverse and adding value to our produce and it, it's going it's, it's going across the board um, so that's it's great to see that type of innovation because it is so diverse and I think we as a consumer and we're well supported by the retailers here within Ireland too and even some of the smaller you know smaller kind of uh, neighborhood stores as well and we've got this project neighbor food which also supports local suppliers that that whole ecosystem is really bringing through some of fantastic food brands that are coming from farm businesses uh, Lorraine, before I let you go, seeing as you're you're someone who's into into brand building, and as I said, your business is Brand Innovation Ireland. Uh, .ie, if people want to log on, have a look at it. Is there one brand, uh, Lorraine, one global brand that you look at as the the beacon for uh, brand building? The one that you go, oh my God, they really just they really really just got it right with that. I suppose you know, love them or hate them, Apple is <laughs> the classic. Um, you know, I think. They really, and this is what I truly believe in, they have the user at the core of everything they develop. So it's about everything is focused on how the user uses their product. And I think that's the core for anybody developing a product. What's the user insight? What's the, the, the need that's not being met by other products? Um, who knew we needed a Mac, an iPad and an iPhone? Um, but somehow people have all three. You know, you say you just need one, but... There's a need there, and I think if you can meet, if you can see that need that's not being met by current products in the market, and you can go after that need, 
some of the simplest ideas are very, are based on that being able to spot that problem, spot that pain point, or spot that unmet need, and 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 cater to it. Um, so if you have that user at the at the core of everything, I think it's a very strong, I suppose, projection to and getting it validated as you go towards launches is the key to success for for many brands and for many products. Yeah, absolutely. Lorraine, I'm going to give details of your event now uh, in a moment when I let you go. And I'm going to say many thanks for joining me here on the programme. No doubt it's going to be very informative. And uh, we wish you well in your future endeavours. Many thanks, Lorraine. Thanks, MJ. Thank you. Uh, so that's Lorraine Allen from Brand Innovation Ireland. And that event is taking place next Tuesday, uh, 30th of May in Navan, County Mead in the Ardboyne Hotel. And if you're interested in it, if you Google IFA Kickstart Programme, just uh, pop it into your search engine, IFA Kickstart Programme, it will pop up. It's next Tuesday. And as I said, it's aimed at everybody. If you have a farm business, if you have a rural business, if you're thinking of scaling something up, if you just have a concept and you wish to bounce it off like-minded individuals, sometimes that's exactly where you need to go. Uh, That is the place for you. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about shorthorns and how the Irish Shorthorn Association are giving away fee, free, free, I should say, free, five free AI straws. Don't say that too quickly. Uh, it's a mouthful. Five free AI straws to people who are interested in breeding shorthorns. And we have Amelda Leonard. She's from Ballon League Shorthorns in County Westmead speaking about the breed also. So stay tuned for that, please. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And now we are uh, welcoming you back here to Country Life on Midlands 103. And we're moving on to shorthorns. And a very interesting little marketing strategy from the Irish Shorthorn Association. We're going to be speaking to two ladies now in relation to it. The first is Joanne Bowers from the Irish Shorthorn Association. Joanne, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks very much for having us on, MJ. Uh, you're more than welcome, Joanne. So this is called Breed a Roan, and you are giving away five free AI straws, shorthorn straws, to farmers across the country. What's the background of this, please, Joanne? Very interesting, I have to say, and really going to get people talking about the breed. Yeah, absolutely, MJ. Well, it, it was a plan hatched by the um, Irish Shorthorn Society Council basically to offer farmers the opportunity to have a real tangible um, access to the shorthorn breed. There, it's got so many benefits. So, And especially now, you know, with inputs, the cost of inputs increasing, fertilizer, um, meal concentrates, everything is so much more expensive. Shorthorns are so easy to flesh. They're the ideal breed um, to reduce input costs. So we wanted to try and get shorthorn out there to as many people as possible, particularly people who may not have considered shorthorn as an option before, to show them and to prove to them that actually, yeah, the shorthorn breed is definitely a really suitable option for, for dairy and for beef. And the mechanics, uh, Joanne, of getting these straws out to farmers. So say, for example, a farmer listening this evening somewhere across the Midlands and says they're interested in some straws for their cows. How do they go about getting them? Yeah, so um, a little bit of legwork involved. But basically, Mm -hmm. they uh, call myself in the um, society office or Jude Benson, um, one of our council members. This is kind of his baby that he hatched out. yeah, just give us a call. We take name, number, herd number, and we will assign you five straws from a selection of five bulls that we have um, that we're offering straws from. Bulls that are well proven and, and bulls that we, we kind of feel will definitely impress people when, when they've calved on the ground. 
Super stuff. Well, Joanne, I'm going to say many thanks for giving us the info. I'm going to move over now to another. We're being taken over by Westmead this evening. I'm moving over to another uh, Westmead lady, and that is Amelda Leonard. She's from Ballin League Shorthorns. Amelda, many thanks for joining me this evening on the programme. You're welcome, and MJ. So Thanks for having us. Oh, more more than welcome, Imelda. Uh, delighted you joined me. And we spoke to Joanne there. Look, we're talking about the breeder own uh, strategy and getting the name out there uh, around the country for shorthorn breeding. But you're breeding shorthorns quite a while, Imelda. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background on your own herd? How long you added, and uh, what position you're at now at the moment, please? Um. Well, we're farming here all my life anyways. Um, my father himself came from Mayo from a farming background and they had short horns in it, so it's kind of going on generations. Um, but in 2009, we decided to go to the, sh- uh, the show scene, so we're really kind of heavy, deep into it. Um, the breed is just, it's it's constantly improving in every way. The beef side of it is, is super. Um, like The cattle are so docile, they're so quiet in the field, uh, everywhere you can handle handle them so easily. Like I'm, I'm a woman myself, and um, since I've been young, I've been able to go out and handle them at any stage. I've never had any difficulty, even without my dad or my husband Brian. Like um, at any time, I can I can do anything if I need to do it. Um, they're they're easy calving. They've got the colour um, they throw the roans, which everyone kind of goes mad for. Um, they've great fertility and they're great milkers. Um, they're great all rounder, all rounder cow, and they're very easy to flesh as well. So um, people do do go mad for them, if you know what I mean. But we just want to get the word out there to other people that won't be using the the bull side of it. That that they are good. They're good crosses and everything. Like um, um, and are you recommending the them? Yes, I was going to say that's exactly my question, Amelda. I was going to say you recommend yeah. them across across the board, beef and dairy. The beef and dairy, yeah, and the dairy side of it, like they bring the lovely blue roans, which again are, are a great cash seller at the marts at the end of the year or whenever the dairy man wants to get rid of them. And again, the the, the male side of it, they they're good at killing out at a young at a young age, and they have a great uh, weight gain. Um, their daily weight gain does be very good. Like so, um, like they're great in every way. The cows, they're great longevity. They're like great workers. They're never sick. They've great health and everything. Like um, the calves, when you when you calve them down, they get up fast. They suck. Like you generally would never have problems anywhere. Like they're a great, great breed. And another plus to them, they're bringing a lot of pulled, pulled calves. Like dehorning, we would we won't have that money to dehorn every year. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, um, it's another labour saving yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pulled out there. Like so. Um, they're great, like, and uh, one good thing I do like about them, especially in the pedigree side of things, is at the premier sales in November in Roscommon, like, we are selling weanling calves at top premier prices. Like, it's it's serious. You could get anything from €2,000. Like, we got 4000 there one year for a January calf, um, and we sold her in November, like the, the premier sale is generally there in the middle of the week of November, just about the second Saturday or third Saturday in November is when it's on. And, um, and since, uh, since you've been at the uh, the Shorthorns yourselves and breeding them, as you said, 2009, you started showing, uh, who have your customers been? Uh, traditionally, I presume, suckler farmers, maybe from the west of Ireland, was it? And has it changed? Have you, are you seeing more dairy farmers come into you now and picking up bulls for mopping up at the end of the season? 
Yeah, well, um, surprisingly enough, we've had dairy farmers um, always come to us um, down through the years, as well as pedigree breeders um, and suckler men looking for the bulls um, in, in every kind of a herd we've sold into, to be honest. And anyone that has bought a bull of us has been very, very happy with the stock that, that they throw down for them. Um, there's actually one dairyman not too far from us and he bought a bull of us in 2013 and he's still out working for him and he said it's one of the best bulls he ever bought like and definitely one of the most profitable bulls with the cattle he has thrown of him so like he's 10 year old this year and he's still out working and doing his job and he's had no problems with him or no problems with his calves or anything like so yeah, fantastic stuff that was really good feedback from from someone like that and like if you work he hasn't worked on both dairy and suckler cattle for him uh, yeah, excellent stuff, Amelda. I suppose the proof of the pudding's in the eating. When you have someone like that uh, uh, local to you for, for that length of time, it shows you just how much the, the breed is delivering. I, I don't think I, I need to get a, a sell anymore from the Shorthorns, from Joanne and from yourself, Amelda. Uh, you're going to have people uh, ringing the Shorthorn Society looking for these straws from tomorrow morning on, I think. Uh, Amelda, I'm going to say many thanks for joining me there and giving me a, a rundown on your herd, Ballon League Shorthorns. And I'm also going to say many thanks to Joanne. And if you are interested, in those short uh, those straws just to give the Shorthorn uh, Society a call and uh, you can get speaking to somebody there who's going to give you a hand on it um, I say many thanks to the girls for joining me both from County Westmead I'm going to shoot to an ad really quickly and I'm coming back with an update on Offaly Dublin fingers crossed Offaly have clawed back a little bit of that Dublin lead we're also going to be speaking about a youth development uh, event which is taking place this Sunday in Tullamore Mart and it's on that area of, of pedigrees it's uh, the Angus Society are running it and it's to train in young people on showing cattle we're going to talk to Colin Duffy about that in just a moment so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're going to be speaking about youth development in the Irish Angus Cattle Society in a moment. But before we do, we're going to shoot back over to O'Connor Park and we're going to get an update from Leinster Minor Football Championship semi-final between Offaly and Dublin. And Liam White is uh, there for us. Uh, yes, yeah, thanks million. Uh, just as you come to hear, Offaly have just won a penalty. There was some very nice uh, build up playing Killing Burke was in for goal and he's been dragged down so Offaly do have a chance to pull the game back the score currently four goals and five points to Dublin Offaly one goal and three um, I made a mistake before uh, actually there was Robert Carney who got that opening point for Offaly however Dublin kicked into another gear as time went on Noah Byrne breezed past two Offaly defenders to fire his shot past Sion uh, into the back of the net leaving no chance of net and just a moment later an unfortunate back pass from a free by Brian Cow. Uh, sent in Paddy Curry for his second goal of the game, um, making the scoreline uh, four goals and four points to one goal and two at the break. And uh, awfully step up here, and it's been saved. It's been saved. Oh, oh it's unfortunate. It's penalty from Caelan Bryan has been saved by Dublin goalkeeper Killian Murray. He dived the right way. He went to his right hand side, but it was saved brilliantly, and the rebound has gone wide. So an opportunity for Offaly to. Uh, close the gap, but um, chance has gone a begging, and it uh, remains here in Glenys O'Connor Park, Tullamore, Dublin. Four goals and five points. Offaly one goal and three with 25 
minutes left. Many thanks Liam uh, unfortunate there now for that save would have got us back uh, to within touching distance of that uh, obviously a very very strong Dublin team goals win games as they say but look it's not over yet uh, four goals uh, a lot of goals in a game like that 4-4 uh, 4-5 at the moment and Joe Cooney's going to have an update for you on that at five past eight so stay tuned just after the program here uh, now as I said we're going to move on and we're speaking uh, about youth development for uh, young people who are interested in showing cattle and the Irish Angus Cattle Society have an event on this weekend just for people like that we have Colin Duffy uh, Westmead man on the line he's going to speak to us about it uh, Colin many thanks for taking my call this evening thanks a million MJ and thanks for having us uh, more than welcome, Colin. I've been taken over by Westmead this evening. I had two Westmead women on beforehand. I have another Westmead man on now. And uh, all pedigree breeders at that. Um, it's just uh, the way the cookie crumbled this evening. But Colin, tell us a bit about your pedigree operation. You're, uh, you're an Angus breeder. Where are you based and uh, how long have you been in operation? I am indeed, MJ. I, um, I started in, in 07. I'm based here just outside Atlone, between um, Atlone and Mortal Village, outside a village called Ballinahone, uh, that's probably north there in the Midlands. Um, I got into the Angus breed. I always like the Angus cattle. The facility is key with me. Um, I got into the Angus in 07. I have about 30 cows calving now. So, um, um, all, all, it's all go. It's all yeah. go here. And are you, are you full-time at the, uh, the work colony? Have you off for employment as well? No, I'm off. I'm in, I'm in the post office in Atlone as well. And um, at the cattle in the evenings. Mm, yeah, like most, like most uh, uh, big yeah. farmers. I suppose you, you saw um, a, a position to just increase income, really, by going pedigree back in the day. Uh, that was obviously your, your motivation, was it, Colin? It was indeed, MJ. I saw, um, I, kept, I kept Angus, commercial Angus myself, and I saw that the same amount of work was going into them, and you weren't being rewarded on the day in the mart. Um, I got into a few pedigrees to start with, and I, like Imelda was saying in the short term there, you know, the, the market was, there was, there was more money available, the, the the prize at the end of the year was bigger. Yeah. Um, once you had the right animal, you had the buyer for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. For the same, pretty much for the same workload. It's it's the way a lot of yeah, yeah, it's the way a lot of of beef breeders are looking at it. And this event uh, you have upcoming on Sunday, Colin. This is a very good event, I have to say, and delighted to give it a bit of coverage here on the program. And as I said at the outset, look, you'll often see shows up and down the country you'll see young young men and women with the, the white coats on and they'll be proudly walking up and down with their pedigree uh, animals showing them and it's a, it's a lovely sight to see it's some it's an element of agriculture and farming where children and young adults can really really properly get involved it is for sure MJ um, I got involved a number of years back in the I had a youth development um, open day on my own farm here uh, Jim Dockery in, in Tower Angus in Sharon Jim is um He's secretary of the, the youth development. And I suppose Jim is the driving force behind it all, if one has been honest. But when I had the open day here myself, I saw exactly what took place. I saw the enjoyment children got out of it. The educational purpose, everything. Children went away happy on that day. And I said, this is something. And, and I, got, I got roped into it then for my sins. So um, we, run, we run several events, MJ, throughout the year. We, run, uh, we try to run three or four in different provinces around the country. We try, we cover the whole country from, from Cork to Donegal. Um, we have two or three on-farm events every year. We have, um, we usually run, this, if we can run a few farm workshops, the last couple of years has been different, difficult with COVID and, and all that. So we run, also we run three 
uh, qualifiers. We run an event in, in with ABP and, and Aldi in Ivorak Show every year where we have um, nine entrants going through to it's it's actually the best prize funded YDP or youth development class in Europe with 3,000 euro in prize money up for grabs for the nine finalists. So we run those three events in, in Longford Show on July the 2nd, Charleville Show on Saturday the 24th of June and Bunny Condon Show it's, that's on the August Bank Holiday weekend. And um, the uh, the event you have taken place uh, this weekend, Colin, Tullamore yeah. Mart on Sunday for young people who are listening or for mams and dads who are listening whose children are showing an interest in cattle and showing cattle. Uh, what exactly is going to be taking place on the day? Well, we're kicking off at 12 o'clock uh, in, in, the mart, in the mart itself there. We'll start, we'll have, we'll have a washing, uh, clipping and a grooming demonstration. Um, we'll have a showing, you show etiquette, show what to wear when you're in the show ring. Um, as you said earlier, you're touching on your white coats, your shorts, your tie. Uh, we'll have Michael Delay from Delish Angus in Drum League in West Cork, actually. He's coming up to give us a hand with that. Uh, we have one of our very own youth development members, Ronan Dockery. Ronan takes charge of the halter making and um, the halter training at all these events. So we'll have Ronan doing that. We have, um, as I said earlier about Jim, Jim is our secretary. Jim uh, gives a great talk at every event of farm safety various different aspects of farm safety which is hugely important that children go away farm safety you know as we said the breeds are docile the short term the angus but the slight the smallest little bit of education goes a long way too we have um stock fusion events and most of all like it's open for all ages we have we have eight to, to 20 is kind of what we work with but if there's anyone around the midlands now listening and, and have a free couple of hours sunday to head to Tullamore at 12 o'clock. Doesn't matter what breed they're in, bring their children along, bring themselves. There'll be refreshments available on the day. It'll, it's, it's, it'll be an enjoyable day for everyone. Have you a couple of young stock handlers at home yourself, Colin? Oh, I have indeed. I have two. I have Mark is, is, is 10. He'll be 11 next month. And Eva is 6. And um, the two of them, they, they actually were talking about that. Mark Mark was showing bulls in Strokestone Show when he was 6. Very good. Um, you know, and, and it's huge. It, it's to get the to get the enjoyment for it, to get the bug for it. They'll bring away every event that we run. They'll bring in a, a small snippet of, of education away with them. We'll say whether it be showing, training, stock judging, health and safety, and they're prepared then for the for the, the following events coming up, whether it be showing or, or another event coming up along the way. Yeah, hundred percent. We can look. I'll say. Uh... I'm going to say all the best uh, to you for the event on Sunday, but no, no doubt uh, there's going to be a big turnout added. Uh, it's a fantastic event, 12pm in Tullamore, Mart, uh, for anyone who's interested in it. And uh, Colin, many thanks for joining me, and best of luck with that, that, that event and everything uh, throughout the course of the summer. Thank you. That's great to be injured. Thanks, William. Thanks. Uh, Colin Duffy there from the Youth Development uh, section of the Irish Angus uh, Society. And uh, as we say, Tullamore March Sunday. And it is an area where children can really, really get involved. And you're going to learn all the basics there and go away with some knowledge from the day. That's it for this evening's programme. I'd like to thank you all for joining me over the course of the last hour here. I'd like to thank all my guests who joined me. Also, Colin Duffy there from the Irish Angus Council.
Cattle Society. We had uh, Joanne Bowers and Imelda Leonard speaking about shorthorns a little bit earlier. Lorraine Allen uh, from Brand Innovation Ireland talking about that event which is taking place on Tuesday in Navan County Mead. If you're interested in that, Google IFA Kickstart Programme. It'll pop up for you. And Pat O'Toole at the start of the hour who gave us an overview of rewetting and also on the genotyping scheme, how there's not going to be a crossover in relation to it and the skep and how suckler farmers are a little bit annoyed on that, something we'll be keeping an eye on going forward on the programme. Show is repeated on Sunday morning at 7am until 8am. Fingers crossed we have good news from Offaly Dublin now in a few minutes' time with Joe Cooney. Um, actually, it's not Joe, I should say. Joe's off tonight. It's Porig Devani, a Galway man, is standing in for Joe this evening. Uh, I'll be back this time next week. As always, the show is available wherever you get your podcast. Type in MJ Space Cleary and listen at your leisure. We'll speak to you in seven days' time. Good night and God bless. Mm-hmm.